U.S. sending military supplies to Ukraine. I'm Salji Ingrasso, Fox News. Russia denies plans to invade Ukraine while the White House promises to impose economic sanctions if it does. And while the standoff continues, the U.S. is sending arms to Ukraine. They came in overnight, the first portion of a major allotment of military aid given by the U.S. to the Ukrainian military. They call it lethal aid. Basically, it's ammunition destined for frontline Ukrainian troops facing off against Russian-backed separatists in eastern Ukraine. Now, outside of Ukraine's borders, that buildup continues as some 125,000 Russian troops, tanks, and other hardware, including the deployment of Russian jet fighters to nearby Belarus, all posing the threat of a possible invasion. Fox's Greg Palcott in Kiev, Ukraine. The latest Fox poll shows six in ten voters would back someone other than President Biden if the 2024 presidential election were today, with 47 percent approving his job performance and 52 percent disapproving. A New York City police officer is fighting for his life and his partner is dead after they were shot Friday night. The city and the NYPD are still in shock after the killing of rookie police officer Jason Rivera. A sea of people all gathering outside the police precinct in Harlem, remembering the 22-year-old as a caring, happy man who loved his job. Rivera's partner, Wilbert Mora, and the suspect were also shot during the incident. Both remain in critical condition. The suspect, with a long rap sheet, was on probation at the time. And there will also be a wake on Thursday and funeral services Friday for Rivera at the famous St. Patrick's Cathedral. Fox's Ashley Strohmeyer the officers were shot while responding to a call about an argument between a woman and her adult son. America is listening to Fox News. WFMD Weather. The 930 WFMD Skyscan forecast for Frederick and the surrounding counties. Good morning here on your Sunday morning. Mostly cloudy. Our daytime high will creep up to 34 degrees. Partly cloudy for tonight, low 17. Tomorrow, Monday, partly sunny, high 35. Monday night, mostly cloudy, low 27. On Tuesday, a chance of rain and snow showers between 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. Then a chance of rain showers after 2 p.m., mostly cloudy, high 41. Mostly cloudy on Tuesday night, chance of showers. PJ's Roofing, when it comes to your roof, they've got you covered. Visit pjsroofing.com. I'm Jim Tice. The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Welcome to the Faith Debate on the News Radio 930 WFMD, online at WFMD.com, also on the FM at 99.9 HD2. And we're on Facebook. So if you're hearing this on the radio late, you missed the Facebook, you can go back and watch it, I guess. But we have people on Facebook right now watching us live. We look good. Don't we look good? We look good. So we're we're down a man today, so um, you guys have to step up your game. Imran sure. Razvi, Daniel Razvi, I'm Troy Skinner. We've got to step up our game because David Forsey, who's normally part of the panel, couldn't make it today. So if you had anything you wanted to talk about him behind his back, today is the show to that. So what's going on in the world today? Finding a hard time figuring out, like, what's what? Which way's up? Which way's down? Which way's sideways? Left, right? I mean, we're living in an inside-out totally screwed up world right now somebody today commented and said man it's like we're living in the truman show you know yeah. it's it's crazy and i said yeah they say that life imitates art and if that's true we're living in a picasso right now where nothing is the way you would expect it to be part of that i think is shifting cultural connections 
And by that, we're talking about all the things that have changed the way in which we connect as people and and with our culture. So this would include... um, the things that come along with all those dictated cancellations. You know, we've got the lockdowns and a lot of sports gatherings got canceled uh, or they played, but they didn't have fans. You know, the Olympics got postponed, things like that, things that will knit people together. You go to, you know, you go to the office after the Olympics. Hey, did you see that wonderful Olympics performance? And, you know, if the Olympics get canceled, then that chance for connecting in that way is lost. Uh, In many places... Even this year, certainly last year, more Thanksgiving and Christmas as far as gatherings as families and friends got canceled. A lot of weddings and funerals. And so many people are not going to church in person anymore. And yeah. Still, and still aren't. Exactly. Even, yeah. Like two years after the, uh, the pandemic started. And then even if they are gathering, you know, they've got the, the, the mask requirements, which puts a layer of, of distance between people and, and, and the mandates, making people question each other. Like, I don't want to get too close to you. Did you get the shot? Did you not get the shot? Uh, lots of things that are disrupting our, our connections. And, you know, conservatives, they, they used to connect, quote unquote conservatives, uh, used to connect with and trust the military and law enforcement. And now you're hearing people who have a conservative background and you think of them as conservatives. They're concerned because can we really trust what's going on with our military? Look what happened in Afghanistan. We, we left Americans behind. Uh, General uh, Milley, you know, apparently called the president, uh, called China behind the president's back. Um, you know, feds are calling parents to school board meetings terrorists because they don't want their kids to be taught pagan ideology. They, they want them to, to, to maintain some sort of a Christian biblical worldview. Um, And, of course, the once high regard for the office of president has been replaced by chants of let's go Brandon, which is very controversial in church circles because people feel, okay, what you really mean by that is something really gross and offensive and Christians shouldn't say it. So that's the opening salvo of all these things that have disconnected us, disconnected us. And that last one is part of the disconnection because it's disconnected us from what maybe a few years ago would have been our, our moral compass. There are people that three or four years ago would have never been comfortable saying, let's go, Brandon, who today are proudly saying it. (laughs) There's been a disconnection from what was going on. So you guys are pastors, you know, Uh, I'm a pastor. By the way, I forgot to mention, I should plug our website, householdoffaithinchrist.com. If you want to connect with any of us, that's the easiest thing to do is probably go to the website. And if you want to get in touch with me, my phone number and email are there. And if you want to get in touch with these guys, I can get you in touch with them. Or um, I think the Conquered by Love uh, ministry, uh, dot, yeah, the website for you guys, conquered, conquered by love ministry or no conquered by love.org, but it's conquered by love ministry. Right. It's your organization. I think that's linked there too. And they can connect with you through that. I think so. Anyway, go to the website and you can do that. So what do you guys? So my two cents, first doing? of all, when you were saying that about conservative viewpoint, I think more, we want to talk, uh, about what is, what does the Bible say? Not so much conservative, but biblically, what does God say about what's happening in the culture, the disconnect, and why is it happening. And I think that when you look at it from that worldview, um, you'll see a, a difference. not neither conservative or liberal. It's more of God is all about relationships. Love your neighbor. How can you love somebody when you can't smile at them? Right. Yeah, and, and I, I guess particularly on a radio station like this, it's going to be really important to uh, clarify, you know, how we're using our terms me in my in my life i don't use the word conservative as a political label so much as as a worldview ideological label that includes right. politics but is primarily a framework of preserving what is right and good yes <laughs> 
you know, and we know what is right is and good based on what the Bible tells us. And, and so I a, you, another euphemism for traditional values. People yes. say conservative, as in you dress conservative, where you dress modestly. You listen to conservative music, meaning traditional music that's not you know, right, you know, uh, full of curse words and things like that. So that there's that. Conservative doesn't just mean political. But so that we're not misunderstood, it's a good catch. So from a biblical point of view, from a traditionally conservative, Christian is the word I was the traditionally Christian point of view, uh, what is it that you guys, you know, as you're pastoring people, as you're out and about in the community doing what it is you do, and people are probably sharing with you their concerns about all of this stuff I just mentioned, uh, what are some of the things you're hearing? What are some of the things you're saying in counsel to those sorts of things? I think... Really, the the biggest the, the biggest problem with a lot of the separation that we've had in, in the culture over the last couple of years is the lack of fellowship of believers. That that's where believers thrive, and I mean Hebrews commands us to fellowship with each other, whether that's every week at a church service or some other way. But there's been so little of that because of the uh, pandemic whether it's because of mandates or whether people were just worried and afraid or whether some churches just closed their doors. I, th- I think a lot of churches are still closed when we're recording this. They hadn't even, haven't even opened back up. They're still online only. And you really need human connection. And it's, it really has to start with the church. So the church has dropped the ball, in other words. But I think the church dropped the ball way before the pandemic because people would go to church, listen to sermon, didn't even say anything but hi or bye to somebody. There was no fellowship. It was just listen to sermon for 15 minutes and get out of there. And... The home church movement came out of that where people were longing for fellowship, longing for actually deep dive into God's word. What did God actually say about this and how do we relate to people? And I think that was uh, that almost came out of a pushback against social media and, uh, you know, friending everybody and not really actually knowing anybody. The home church movement allowed you to have that relationship that's deeper, a deeper connection to your fellow person. And uh, that's where that's one of the reasons you know, we have a home church uh, to be able to have that fellowship and to be able to g- really get concerned about our um, our friends and know what's going on in their lives. We can't do that in this culture. So the home church is a great way. And uh, any of you guys listening, we uh, strongly recommend small groups, home church, host people, bring people into your house, and actually talk to people, get to know them. One of the best places to hide is in a church, particularly a big. The bigger the church, the easier to hide. Right. And that might sound attractive to somebody. Like, yeah, I want to hide. I don't want to be noticed. I want to be the wallpaper. That's not what's best for you. That's not healthy. You, you were made well, then, to be in relationship, and you need accountability, and you need to provide accountability to others. That's one of the things that gets missed, I think, a lot of times. People, oh, I don't need to go to church. Well, just for the sake of argument, let's agree that you don't need to go to church. Just for the sake of argument, let's agree the church needs you. You bring something when you go to the church. You know, the, if, if the church typically has 12 people and all of a sudden they've got 15 people, that's encouraging. Like, hey, we've got more people. If they typically have 50 and then they all of a sudden have 70. That's, that's encouraging. Like, we're reaching and impacting more people. So you're bringing, at the very least, by your mere presence, some encouragement. But you're also giving an opportunity for somebody to cry on a shoulder, seek some advice, exercise uh, their knowledge and, and insight by giving you counsel if you should need it. You bring something to the table by attending yourself. You don't want to be hiding somewhere. Right. But don't just fill a seat. Actually participate and be involved. Not necessarily teaching and preaching, but just really paying attention, hearing God's word, fellowshipping with other believers, discussing theology on a deep level. That's 
what we need to do. Iron needs to sharpen iron. And when churches decided that they were going to either because of mandates or because they were afraid uh, to, sh to, to shut down and do virtual church, man, didn't they just reinforce the problem we're talking about with these uh, shifting cultural connections? People aren't connecting with individuals even before the pandemic, as yeah. you said, Imran, because they got their face on their screen all the time. And now doing virtual church, you're just encouraging more screen time. More screen time. And, and honestly, if you just were sitting there in the pew before and never spoken a word to anybody while you were at church, what's the difference? You might as well sit home and watch it on TV. But that's, and that, and that's also part of the problem. We, yeah. we need more fellowship, more discussions, deep theological discussions. Why do you believe what you believe? Not just, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. No, why do you, why do you say you're a Christian? What does that mean to you? And what is your stance on all these different topics and, and doctrines? And, and people and need to have is, the answer. And if this is new and scary to you, I would challenge all of you that are listening to pick just one person in a week to find out more about them, to pray for them, to spend some time getting to know that one person and see what happens to you. Just take one person, pick anybody at random, and just actually listen to that person, what's going on in their lives, and pray for them. I would, I would really put forth that I think you would get a lot more out of that than you would think. And if you happen to be somebody that's comfortable in a social situation with lots of people around and you're, you, know, you, you, you can get chatty with somebody rather easily and that sort of thing, sometimes you know, you're going to gravitate towards other people that are also <laughs> comfortable and gifted in that way, and you just spend the whole time in your little insulated circle. You might want to think, about if you're one of those people that's very comfortable, make it a conscious effort to show up and look for somebody who looks a little uncomfortable, somebody who's kind of on the edges, their eyes are down, they're, they're like squeamish, like, oh, I hope nobody comes and talks to me. That's the person you want to go talk to and say, hey, by the way, my name is, you know, what's your name? How long have you been coming here? Oh, you've been coming for 10 years. Wow. Shame on me for not having introduced myself before. And the other thing that can be a challenge is people... I think in a previous culture, we were probably better at this as a people, but most people aren't good at remembering names. I'm not sure exactly right. why. We're distracted maybe when we're hearing the name or we're so nervous about what we're going to say that we weren't listening to the name. I don't know what it is, but we're really bad at it. Just own it. Know that they're bad at it too, probably. And so a lot of people don't walk up to somebody in church or in any situation, but we're talking about church, that they recognize, oh, I don't remember Daniel's name. So I don't want to go up to Daniel and not know his name. It's going to be embarrassing, so I'm going to avoid him. <laughs> Just walk up and say, I'm really embarrassed. I know we've talked seven weeks in a row now, and I still can't remember your name. What's your name? I'm going to do my darndest. Turn it into a joke. or whatever. Just own it. Put it out there. Eventually, you'll come to know the name. If you talk to the same person eight weeks in a row, 50 weeks in a row, eventually their name will stick. <laughs> <laughs> So and sometimes you can even overcome that, right? If, I've had people do this. People that I, I do know their name, but they're not 100% sure if I'll know their name. And so they'll walk up and they'll stick their hand out, you know, to shake your hand and say, by the way, I'm Troy, which, you know, I don't know if you remember me. Oh, yeah, and no, I remember you. And sometimes I want that's a gimmick to get them to, you know, have the name get volunteered back. No, I remember you, and I'm, I'm Steve. Remember me? Yeah. So there's a lot of things, a lot of tricks and things that we've lost because we're so much involved in our own thing and life has gotten so fast. The, these electronics are supposed to make life easier, but they've actually isolated us and made life a lot more difficult. And, and, and we were just talking recently about just um, the styles of film these days. Everything is so fast-paced. So if, you, if you're used to watching movies that came out recently and then you go back and watch something that came out in the 80s, it feels like it's so slow and then watch a, a 60s movie and it'll feel even slower 
because not that not that they're any worse or any better. And there's whole topics to be you know <laughs> big debate be, on that. <laughs> you know, said about the content of the movie, but just the style of of the of the film. Everything's much more fast-paced now because we don't have time. This is the age of the tweet. If it can't fit in 140 characters or 280 characters, then it's not worth saying, not worth reading, not worth spending time understanding. And, well, and that's, I that's really appreciate the old movies, the old black and white movies from like the 40s and 50s. And part of it is for pre- precisely that reason. Up you know, the the um, uh, the story are it's allowed to breathe. You know, and it's not dependent on. Editing choices. It's dependent on the character development and the acting chops of the people mm-hmm. on the you know, a lot more single shot camera angles and things like that. And yeah, you know, but the mm-hmm. pacing and the music and the all that sort of stuff. It's way. And I have a you know uh, developmentally disabled, challenged adult son. He so much more prefers those movies because it's so much less stimulus, you know, stimuli into his brain to have to process. He likes the old movies too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have you ever read an article and see the TLDR at the beginning? TLDR. It's, a, it's um, text language for too long, didn't read, meaning so it's, so it's a one-sentence summary at the beginning or the end of a news article. Next time, look, look uh, if you see TL, semicolon, DR, it's on a, whole, on a whole bunch of blog posts, articles, and so on, meaning if you're too lazy to even read this 300-word article, here's the one-sentence summary that tells you all you really should know. Really? <laughs> yep. It's a tweet version of the article, TLDR. Wow. All right, so here's our TLDR for this episode of the Faith Debate Radio Show. It's the best show ever. That's all you need to know. <laughs> all right? If you, you, if you don't have time to listen to prove us otherwise, and that's the way it is. Let's talk about the other motivator, though. You know, we're talking about... The, the, the family celebrations that got canceled, whether they be Thanksgiving or Christmas or weddings or mm-hmm. uh, downsized funerals or whatever, and also the church downsizing or going all virtual or or segregating the, the, the congregation based on whether they got the, the uh, injections or not, didn't get the injections or whether they're willing to wear a face covering or not. Um, a lot of that is driven by fear, it seems to me. Yes. So I'm not sure... I've read the Bible a few times. Does it say anything at all about fear and whether we should have it or not? I can't remember. We should have, we should have fear. <laughs> fear of God. Yeah. Fear That's of the God. beginning of wisdom. But uh, the, the issue really is if you don't know where you're going to go when you die, then you will be fearful. And if you do know where you're going to go, then, yes, you can have fear because flesh rules over you. But you can let go of that fear knowing that you're going and you're saved and you will go in eternity and be in heaven. That's a big big difference between somebody that's saved and knows where they're going to go and where they're not going to go. There's many people that attend church, you know, that did or attend regularly before or maybe still attend regularly that really don't have a full understanding of what salvation is and they don't yeah. they don't have confidence of where they're going to and go when they die. Put it simply, if the basement light is off, it's much more scary to enter. But the basement light is on, it's not so scary to enter. So the same thing, if you understand and know what God who God is and what he's done for you, the light is on. You no longer have to have that fear of the unknown. Yeah, the biblical worldview helps to answer all of that across the board. You think about the, the, the main touchstones of, of the gospel message. Um, you know, a classic way of presenting it would be, well, in the beginning, God created. He made you. He, he made you in his image. He made you special. He made you for relationship. But if you don't have that, if you have a you know, things just somehow sprang into existence in some shockingly undefined way, 
and uh, therefore there's really there's no meaning or purpose behind everything springing into well our whole life then is just an accident within chaos and if it sprang out of chaos couldn't it just spring back into chaos just as easily like what's to keep that right. and so there's this insidious subliminal fear hanging underneath because you don't believe in the creation narrative so there's that and then you don't understand the world around you it's like why are all these bad things happening? Why can't why why can't I why did that guy steal from me or why am I not safe? Because you haven't come to the grips with the reality of sin and what that all means. Right. And then like okay, so how do we get out of this? What's the rescue? You, there is no solution outside of Christ. And if you don't have Christ, like there's no hope. And so you can see how the whole way along. And then, what gives your life meaning and purpose? Like you want to live a really good life, like uh, you know Betty White uh, passed recently, right before her hundredth birthday, and and uh, you know people are saying how she had a wonderful sense of humor, and she had a really good legacy of her career and that sort of thing. But seriously, in 300 years, 500 years, maybe, in 100 years maybe, will people talk about, remember Betty White? Like, how much meaning did her life really have uh, if it's outside of a biblical worldview? But every individual life has meaning inside of a biblical worldview and in a Christian life where you're trying to walk out your faith and Build, build out in your sanctification, ultimately getting to the glorification point at the end where there's, there's a promise that's held out. All of that's missing, and that's a long lead-up. But that's the kind of thing, particularly these last couple of years, people need to hear. Yes. And churches, pastors, I'm talking to you, you've dropped the ball big time. Big time. People, when they most needed that, at least in our context, in the American context, when they most needed to hear it, you say, ah, it's all right, stay home. Mm-hmm. You've, they've taken away the purpose. I mean, what you, Troy, what you were saying is God has a purpose for each one of us. And if you know that purpose, if you're following that purpose, if you're following and seeking after God and glorifying him, then there is great things that can be done, that great things, a great purpose that you will have an impact and without that purpose, and if you're not showing up at church, if you're hidden behind a mask and you're hiding from everybody and not communicating, not talking to anybody, not having that relationship, where's your purpose? Our purpose is have relationships. Why, why did God send us on Jesus to die for our, our sins? Because he wanted that relationship with us. And we're giving up relationships voluntarily. And then you have people who they've tried to find some reason for hope and purpose a meaning in their life, and they'll hang on to something, and then they get disappointed at every turn. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, if only everyone would wear a mask, our problems will go away, and then the problems don't go away, and it causes all sorts of other angst with people. Or if everybody gets the, the, the shots, everything will go away, and that hasn't proven. Well, if only we would support our defense and military, and then, you know, something embarrassing like Afghanistan happens, you lose your confidence there. All these things you want to you put your, your faith in a political party or anything of the world, in your job. You know, and all of a sudden people are not able to keep their job because of some of the nonsense and weirdness that's going on right now. And so all these false things for hope fail because they're nothing but idols. Right. And again, church leaders, seriously, if you closed at all, you know, shame on you in my opinion, but I have some grace. So if you you closed at first because you just weren't sure what was going on, I'm talking about back in 2020, and it took you a couple of weeks to figure it out. And, and maybe it would have taken a couple of weeks to restart the engine, depending on the size of your church and all that sort of stuff. A month max. If you were closed for more than a month, I mean, shame on you. And there were some closed for more than a year or some closed for more than a year, open and then closed again. And some are still closed. Permanently some closed. are still closed. Well, a lot of them went out of business, closed, right, that way. And some right. of them are they're still at church, I guess, but they're not actually meeting yet. Shame on you. There, You're, there's a large proportion of churches in D.C., for example, that are online only still. 
I mean, the Bible, you know, it's famously been said that the Bible says fear not 365 times. There's one fear not for every day in the year. And yet the, the, the church pastors are not telling people, hey, fear, fear God. And if you fear God, as far as the worldly concerns, fear not. Right. And we're not giving that. By the way, we have a few minutes left. and I want to make sure we touch on this because I, this could maybe be a whole show, but I don't want to. Well, we can't. If, we, if it's that interesting, we'll carry it over into next week's show. But the Let's Go Brandon chant. I do want to get your take <laughs> on that. Do you think it's appropriate for a Christian to say, let's go, Brandon? Absolutely not. And do you agree with that? I would say that it, people know what what it actually is supposed to mean. So you know you're you're basically uh, saying curse words. Uh, it's one thing to agree with the sentiment, but to actually say it, I, I think the a more obvious answer would be, for example, the guy uh, re, uh, recently, you know, a few weeks ago or whatever, um, said it to Biden's face. That, I would say, is definitely disrespectful. Nobody should be doing that, regardless of what you think, and whether it was a joke, whatever. You know, don't, don't say something. Just like you wouldn't say – just like that, that guy a few years ago who yelled, you lie, at Obama in the middle of a congressional speech. It's, that's not the time and place. Uh, have some respect for the office, whether you hate the guy or not. You don't, you don't speak like that. Um, you know, it says uh, my, Michael – the archangel in Jude says, even when he was arguing with the devil, he didn't even give, bring a railing accusation against the devil. He said, the Lord rebuke you. He didn't curse at the, the devil himself, which, you know, that, that's, <coughs> excuse me, that could be a whole other show. But no, I, I, I don't think Christians should be going around cursing at people. Um, I, I'm, it's one thing when you have a euphemism, you know, it's kind of like when you bleep out words, but you're still saying them. Everybody knows what you're saying in, in the words. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of crass language. Okay. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I've, I've, I've heard a number of people share your point of view on that. I will say as far as the ULI thing, clearly it was culturally inappropriate. Um, but I don't think – I wouldn't in, – in a, in a religious sense, I wouldn't have called that a sin – um, he was speaking out in a way that was out of the norm, but I don't think it was sinful. Uh, and the let's go, Brandon, you know, it's, I think it's a complicated question. I don't know if I have time to, I don't know, I'm not going to have time to get into the complicated. So maybe we'll kick off next show, just finishing our thoughts on this. Cause I think there's some complex, I don't want to use a leftist kind of a term cause I always get squeamish when other people use, but there's a nuance, uh, to this <laughs> that I, I, I think, um, I'd like to get your take on the nuance. Let's put it that way. Sure. So uh, the one who said sure was Daniel Razvi. The one who said absolutely not just a little while ago was Imran Razvi. I'm Troy Skinner. This is the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. You can find us online at WFMD.com, and you can find um, us personally online. Probably the best way is to go to householdoffaithinchrist.com. You can connect with us through various means on that website. Uh, until next week, that'd be about 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless.